Thank you as a congregation for giving me the opportunity um, to speak once again about what God has called us to do, as well as just share with you the next couple moments what God has put in my heart and my life. And my prayer is, is that God would just use this to be a blessing and encouragement to you all as the Word of God has spoken and blessed and challenged my heart. And we're going to begin reading in Joshua chapter 1 and beginning in verse 1, go down to verse 6 where we'll find our main thought for this evening. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all those people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Fathers, we come before you this evening. I just want to simply come before you tonight. And just acknowledge the fact that all that will be said and done may be done in your name and in your honor and in your glory. I pray for all of us that are here tonight as we gather around thy word, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers. That we would not just be a stirred people, but a transformed people. That we would go out into a lost and dying world that is seeking for the truth of your word. And that we would live it in front of them. I pray that you would be lifted up to draw men unto you tonight. And as your spirit and your word works in our hearts and our lives, may we yield to what you have for us. I pray for maybe one that is here this evening that does not know thee as Savior, that tonight would be the night that they get that settled with you. That they would not allow their pride or their family or friends or whatever other circumstances may come into their minds and hearts. May they not allow the seed of the gospel to uproot what you're trying to do in their lives. But may they rather yield to you tonight. And I pray above all else, may you be honored and glorified. In Christ's name I ask. Amen. The thought I want to give to us tonight is found in verse 6, 7, and 9 with this thought that the Word of God gives us as God is speaking to Joshua. And the thought I want to give to us is found in this phrase, be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. By way of introduction tonight, if you can, put yourself, so to speak, in Joshua's shoes in Joshua 1, chapter 1, all the way down to verse 9 tonight. You will find that as Joshua is here in this chapter, he is preparing to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land, the land that God had given their forefather Abraham in Genesis chapter 11 and 12. This is the land that God has promised that they're about to have. And as they are preparing to enter into this land, God comes to Joshua and tells Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. And as he is saying that statement to Joshua, I want you to imagine all that is going on in Joshua's life at this point. As you read in Deuteronomy, the previous chapter, you find that the great leader Moses has just gone on to be with the Lord. And to put into perspective the kind of man Moses was, and a way of remembrance for us tonight, 
I was reading an article somewhere, and I don't know how true it is for sure, but they were saying that at West Point, they consider Moses to be one of the top 50 greatest leaders to ever live. Think about how many great people have led either in military conquests or in government or in social reform all throughout human history, and people believe that Moses is one of the top 50 greatest leaders to ever live. But not only was Moses a great leader, the Bible says that he knew God like a friend knows a friend face to face. You think about great compliments people could give you and I. Maybe you're an honest, hardworking person, you're a kind person. But I don't think there's a greater compliment you and I can be given in this world than to be said that person is a friend of God's. And so you think about Joshua in one, Joshua chapter 1, you think about what he's going through at this time, we would say in essence he has big shoes to fill. I don't know if you've ever been in a job position where maybe the person ahead of you was doing a great job and either they got promoted higher or they left whatever field they were in and you get put in that place of responsibility. In essence, think about how much pressure you would feel for that kind of job. Think about the pressure Joshua has and following after the leader Moses in Joshua chapter 1. But not only is Joshua following after a great leader, think about the people Joshua is beginning to lead in Joshua chapter 1. You and I think that the American people today are high-minded and divided. Read about the nation of Israel. God leads them out of the house of bondage, out of Egypt. They've been there for over 400 years And when God does those ten plagues, really ten miracles, you would think that those people would have said, hey, that's our God, we're following him all the way. But that wasn't the case. As soon as they led him out of the land of bondage, out of Egypt, the first obstacle they face is what? The Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. And after just seeing what God had done, you would have thought, man, they were going to trust God, but that's not what they did, is it? What did they respond? Moses, why did you lead us out here to die? God uses Moses and his rod. They walk on dry ground. They walk across the Red Sea. They get across on the other side, and they turn around and see the most powerful military force of that time get engulfed by God. And you would have thought after that they would have trusted God, but that wasn't the case. What do they do again? They complain. God provides. They complain. God provides again. And although these are their children, there is no doubt, I would think, humanly speaking, Joshua is wondering, how are these people going to respond when we get into some real testing? Because that is the kind of people he's leading. But not only is Joshua following after a great leader, Moses, not only is he leading a group of people that don't have a great track record, think about what they're about to go do. They weren't just going to enter into the land of Canaan and the nations and the people of Canaan just say, hey, look, that's what your God promised, we'll give you our cities. Unlike our government, they believed in walls. They believed in defending their own people. They weren't just going to let them come on in and just hand it over. These people, every single city they were about to encounter with, they were going to have to go to war against. It was going to be a time of conflict and conquering. And with all that is about to transpire after Joshua chapter 1, God comes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, I want you to be strong and of a good courage in what I've called you to do. And friend, all of you have just come out of a missions conference, and many of you no doubt have made decisions for God. 
There's no doubt that God has spoken to your heart and challenged you in ways. And even if not, there are responsibilities that God has given each and every one of us to do. Whether it be a father or a mother or a young person in following God. And if we are going to be that kind of person to not just say something but to act upon it. It is going to require us to be strong and of a good courage in following God. Because what our nation needs tonight is for Christian homes, for fathers to be the leaders God has called them to be, mothers that are going to get behind their husbands and leading them and leading their children following the Lord, what our schools need, what this church needs, and what this community needs is for somebody to stand up to be strong and of good courage in following God. And by the way, it's not just for specific people, it's not just for the young people, it's not for the middle aged it's for all of us, because God didn't just save us to warm a pew, to give our tithe, and that's it. God has saved us to know Him and to make Him known. And if we are going to be that kind of person, it's going to require being strong and of a good courage tonight. That word strong has the idea of this, it means to fasten upon, to seize, to play the man. What are we supposed to fasten upon and cease tonight? God and his word. What God, when God tells Joshua to be strong, he's not telling him, Joshua, go to the nearest planet fitness, start working out, and when you make max weight on your bench press, then you're good to go. That's not what God means when he says to be strong. What God says when he told Joshua to be strong, he said, Joshua, I want you to fasten upon, I want you to seize me and my word, and I want you to act upon it. Friend, what God is looking for tonight is for a group of people that are going to stand up and say, I'm going to play the part that God has called me to play. I'm going to fasten upon and seize God and his word, and I'm going to act upon it come what may. In October 16, 1555 in Oxford, England, I'll kind of give you a little bit of a picture of what is going on at this time. In England, they had what was called the state church. We're blessed here in the United States of America. We get the option to pick and choose where we'd like to worship. You get offended, you can go to the next church, and you can have a rotation of the saints around town. That's how we have in the United States. But in England, you did not have those choices in October 16, 5055. You had one church, and it was the state church. And if you decided that you disagreed with the state church and its doctrine you could be brought before a judge and you're given one of two choices, either A, recant and go back to the state church, or B, you'd be burned at the stake. And there were two men in England by the name of Latimer and Ridley who came to know Christ as their Savior. And because of that, they began to study the Word of God and began to realize that the teachings that they were being taught in the Church of England were false teaching and false doctrine. And eventually, because of their testimony, they became known and they went before a judge and they were given that ultimatum. Either A, recant and go back to the state church, or B, be burned alive at the stake. And they decided to follow God. And as they are being prepared to be burned alive at the stake, it is said that Latimer said this to Ridley, Be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as shall never be put out. Friend, what does it mean to be strong in the Lord tonight? It means not just to be willing to be living for him, but be willing to die for him. You know what's the difference between a preference and conviction according to the Supreme Court in the United States? The difference is this, a conviction you'll die for. 
a preference he'll give or take. And I got news. If you haven't been paying attention in the United States, there's coming a day if things don't turn around where it's not just going to be enough to make God a preference. It's not just going to be enough to say, I'm a Christian and people are going to leave you alone. They may be going for our jobs now, but at some point in time, it's going to come at a greater cost. And if we are going to be the kind of Christian that's not a person of preference, but of conviction, we not only should be willing to fasten upon and seize, but we should be playing our part and saying, come what may, not only will I live for Christ, I'm willing to die for him. And that's what God is saying when he says, be strong, Joshua, tonight. But he also says this. He says, be of good courage. That word courage has the idea of this. It means to establish, fortify, increase, prevail. You know why God told Joshua he cannot just be strong but be of a good courage? Because when you and I establish and fortify our lives upon the God of this book and the book itself, the rock that never changes we can also be of good courage. You know why we are people that are so full of weakness and we canter to the society around us? Because we are not building our lives upon this book the way that we ought to. You want true courage? You want to place your life into something that never changes? Build your life upon the Bible. Build your family upon this Bible. And live and die and breathe in this Bible if you want to be a person of courage. Because I got news for you, society is always going to be changing. It's amazing. I wasn't in high school too long ago, but it's incredible about how what was once unacceptable even 10 years ago is now acceptable in our society. And it makes you wonder how much further is society going to go? How far can the heart go? We don't know at this point. But I want to say this, you are looking for something that will never change, that is always there, that is always established. A thousand years from now, guess what? This book is still going to be the same. You know why God told Joshua, you cannot just be strong, but also be of good courage? Because he's telling Joshua, Joshua, build your life, build your leadership, build your family, and build this nation I'm raising upon me and my book, and you can be of good courage. But I also love what it says. We can increase and prevail. Friend, we serve an increasing, prevailing God tonight. We serve a God that is never retreating. You want to live a life of increasing and prevailing? I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, friend. It's not found in you. It's not found in me. It's not found in society. It's found in the God of this book, in the book that never changes. We cannot just be strong, but we can also be of a good courage. And as we begin tonight, my question for all of us is this. Will that be us tonight? Will we be that person that's going to determine, by God's help and by God's grace, I am going to be strong and of a good courage in following God? I'm not talking about your husband. I'm not talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your sibling or your neighbor. God wants all of us to be in his work. God wants all of us to be strong and of a good courage tonight. What does that mean? Number one, be strong and of a good courage means this. It means in living a life of victory. You come down to verse 6 again. He says, and be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. For in God had already provided Joshua and the nation of Israel the victory in conquering the land. And by the way, that victory was not found in who they were. 
You go back and read the previous books. The Bible says that God tells the nation of Israel, you're the weakest of the groups. You're the people that nobody considers. But because of that, I'm going to receive all the glory because I'm going to give you the victory. And friend, I want to remind us tonight, we serve a victorious God this evening. We serve a God whose throne never changes. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of seeing on social media all these Christians acting like we live such defeated lives. Friend, we have the victory already. We have victory over sin found in our Savior. We have victory over death in our Savior. We have victory over hell in our Savior tonight. Do you realize that the greatest day that you and I will ever have is the day we leave this earth and soar into eternity and see our Savior face to face? We serve a victorious God. And it doesn't matter who controls the White House after November in 2024. It doesn't matter who tells us what we have to do. Our God is still on the throne tonight. And it's high time we as Christians quit going around hiding and mumbling and pretending like we're defeated. We're on the victory side. And if anybody should be the most bold tonight for anything in any group, it should be the Christians because we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Friend, I've read the end of the book. In the end of the book, it says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You realize the most powerful man, woman on earth tonight is one day going to bow before our Savior. You may think, man, I'd love to have access to the White House tonight. You'd probably give quite a bit of an earful. But may I say this, friend? We have greater access to a greater throne. We have access to the God who's in control of all things tonight. We serve a victorious God. Therefore, we can be strong and of a good courage. You're struggling with sin tonight? Jesus Christ has already overcome that sin. You're struggling with being the Father tonight? May I say this? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're struggling being the witness that God has called you to be? May I remind you, you serve a victorious God tonight. Therefore, we can be strong and of a good courage. But he also says this, Be strong and of a good courage in following the word of God. Verse 7 and 8, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then... Thou shalt have good success. Not only can we be strong and of a good courage in living a life of victory, but we, so, we should also be strong and of a good courage in following the word of God. We're living in a generation today in America that has turned its back upon God and his word. I was reading in an article recently where they were saying a young lady was at a rally and she was literally ripping out pages out of the word of God. When you think about what is going on tonight with the LGBTQ plus group, may I say this? They are not attacking conservative values. They're attacking God and his word. Yea, hath God said. And if we're going to be the kind of people that don't bow to the Nebuchadnezzar and the golden statue of today and live by this book, we're going to have to be a people that are going to determine to be strong and of a good courage. What does that mean? Number one, we don't compromise the word of God. Amen. He says in verse 7, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Victory 
and defeat, life and death hinge upon whether or not we'll follow God and His Word all the way. You don't believe me? Read about Joshua and the nation of Israel. Once they cross over the Jordan River, the very first group of people they encounter are the people of Jericho and the walls of Jericho. And having been in the military, if my commanding officer would have came to me and said, this is what we're going to do. You're going to march around the wall one time a day. On the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times and scream till you have no voice left and the walls are coming down. I said, you're out of your mind. There's got to be a better way. But that's what God told the nation of Israel to do. And they marched around those walls and they saw a great victory. But that's not what all God told them to do. God also said, you are not to take out anything out of that city. All the gold, all the silver, all of the things in there are for me, for my glory. But one man thought he knew better than God. And that man took some garments and he took some silver and he took some gold. And he hid it underneath his tent. And they go in, I believe they fight the people of Ai next, a group that was much weaker than the people of Jericho. God, Joshua doesn't even come to God and ask him what is going on. He just assumes they have the victory, and lives were taken because one man decided he was going to disobey God. Yeah. Friend, may I say this as kindly as I can tonight? God takes his word very seriously. Right. We're the ones that don't. We think because we don't have an immediate consequence to our sin, we're okay. But I wonder how many homes have been ruined because a father decided to compromise the Word of God. How many young people should be in church tonight, but because they decided they knew better than God and His Word are no longer in church? How many churches that once preached the Word of God faithfully saw God do great things in their community, no longer exist, or worse, are so full of the world that you can't tell the difference between them and a rock concert. You know where that begins? Turning to the right or to the left. And by the way, friend, there's no gray area with God. We as Christians, we as human beings, naturally think, well, that's a gray area. With God, it's black and white. It's right and it's wrong. It's sin or it's holy living. With God, that's how it works. And if we are going to be people that follow God and His Word, being strong and of a good courage, we should not compromise the Word of God. But it also says this in verse 8, we should be unashamed to speak about it and think about it. What we love will be unashamed to think and talk about. When my sports team's doing well, guess what? I like to let you know how good they are. I have no problem with that. I wonder, though, how many of us are more bold to talk about our candidate and their policies than we are to talk about the God of this book. Amen. When is the last time we went and spoke to somebody about what God has been doing in our hearts and our lives? You know why our nation is in the state it is in tonight? Not because of our president, not because of our leaders. I believe the reason our state is in the nation, uh, the way our, our nation is in the state it is in tonight because of this reason, because God's people have grown silent. We would rather speak about all the things of this world than rather speak about the one who is the hope and the savior of this world. If I was out here in the street tonight walking across and somebody drove by and pastor saw what was going on and he saved my life, guess what? I'd be unashamed to talk about what the pastor had done for me. I'd say, I had a man save my life. I don't know if I ever come back to Columbus, Georgia, but bless God I got saved that night. 
Praise the Lord, I was able to walk away from it. But the fact of the matter is we've been saved from something greater than just a mere car accident. We've been saved from an eternity in hell without God. We can't even comprehend that. We have been given a personal relationship with the one who saved our souls. And we've been given a home with him for all of eternity. Yet why do we speak so little of him? I believe one of the reasons we speak so little of him is because we spend so little time with him. What we spend time doing and investing in, we will speak about. I wonder how many of us tonight could talk about what was on Fox News or other news networks tonight, and yet how many of us could talk about what we read in our devotions this morning? How many of us could talk about what was on Facebook before we came into church? Yeah, I wonder how many of us could talk about what we've taught, learned from God recently. Friend, what we love, we're unashamed to talk about, and we're always thinking about. And you can say, I'm too busy, but may I say this, in all the busyness of life, what we love, we'll think about all day long. The Bible says this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate Day and night. Psalm 104.34, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. When is the last time we thought about God and his word and it was sweet to us? When is the last time we came before God and it wasn't about all of the things we had on our list of we need answered prayer. But rather we came before God and just said, God, I just love you for who you are. If I had my wife up here tonight and all I did was talk about all these needs I had that she had to answer and she had requests, you know what you'd say? That's an abusive relationship. We're not that way with anybody else, but how often do we come before our God and all we do is demand? And then we expect to have a good relationship with our Father. Friend, when is the last time we just simply came before God and said, Lord, I just love you for who you are? I'm not here to get anything from you. I'm not here to take. I just want to simply meditate and praise you for who you are and what you've done. The Bible says also this, we also need to obey the word of God. He goes on and says, That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We all love the end of verse 8, don't we? There's not a person here tonight that doesn't love the thought of prospering success. There's not a person that wants to get to the end of their life and think, man, I was a failure. We all want to finish well. Yet before we can do that, the Bible says, lastly, in following the word of God, we have to obey it. It's not just enough to say it. It's not just enough to think it, but we also have to act upon it. You know how people that God has used to do great things, the difference between them and an average Christian, so to speak, is one thing. They were obedient Christians. They put their faith into practice. They were obedient to the word of God. And I dare say on a crowd like this tonight, many of you know what God has instructed us to do. Yet I ask, are we obeying the instruction? Because the prospering success hinges upon the obedience. And by the way, that prospering success is not talking about physical, it's talking about eternal. 
We lived in the most blessed nation on earth tonight. I don't care where you are from, what you've done, go to a third world country. We live on the most blessed nation on earth tonight. And I'm, what I'm afraid is, is because of these things that we have been given, it's easy to think the prospering success is a promotion in our job. It's a newer home. It's a nicer car. It's a different social status. The prospering success God is talking about with Joshua is eternal. And by the way, friend, I would rather take the eternal than the temporal because that eternal lasts for all of eternity. The treasures that God is talking about with Joshua never loses value. It's always there. You want to invest into something that doesn't change? You want to invest in something beyond our stock market that's consistent and is always in value and never decreases? Invest into the eternal work of God. Be obedient to him and his word. And lastly, we see this. Be strong and of good courage because our God goes with us. Have not I commanded thee, verse 9, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Lastly, God reminds Joshua, I'm going to go with you. Friend, I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what trials you're going through. I don't know what your situation is. But I want to remind you as a believer tonight, we never go alone. We go with God. And I think one of the greatest temptations as we see all that is going on in this earth tonight is to think, man, look at what's happening right now. Look at all these troubles. Look at all these trials. Look at all these things. We need to be reminded that we serve a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. As the nation of Israel is preparing to go into the land of Canaan and all the warring, all the conflict, all the decisions Joshua is going to have to make as their leader, God reminds Joshua, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage because I'm going with you. Friend, why can we be that witness on our workforce? Because we go with God. Why can we be that father that stands for the truth in a home where maybe even our children are questioning what we're doing? Because God goes with us. Why can we be that mother that teaches our children the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Because God goes with you tonight. How can you be that young person that stands for truth, maybe in your high school or your middle school, where people are openly mocking God? Because God goes with you tonight. Be strong and of a good courage. Love what it says in Deuteronomy 31.6, and we'll conclude. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. It is high time we quit fearing the enemy tonight. It's high time we quit being afraid of all the noise out there and understand that our God is greater. For the Lord thy God, it is he that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee. Friend, everybody else on this earth may fail you, but God will never fail you. But it also says this, nor forsake thee. Friend, everybody else may forsake you, but God won't forsake you. I was recently reading through the book of Job, and if you're familiar with that story in the Word of God, you find that Job, at the beginning of Job 1.1, has it all in essence. He's got a family, he's got personal wealth, he's got friends, he's got it made. And the devil comes to God one day and says, God, have you considered your servant Job what would happen if you turned your back on him? And God says, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. One day he loses all of his personal wealth. He loses his children. I cannot imagine. I have one son. I cannot imagine the pain that would be. The devil comes to God again and says, what about touching him physically? What happens then? God says, you can do it, but you can't kill him. 
Job has all these health difficulties, and his wife says, Job, just curse God and die. Job's so-called friends come to him and in essence say, Job, you messed up somewhere. You need to figure this out. And in essence, humanly speaking, everybody had forsaken Job, but there was one person that never forsook Job through all those trials, and that was his God. And the same God that was faithful to Job is the same God tonight that is seated on the throne. And I don't know what you are going through, but I'm going to remind you, be strong and of good courage because God goes with you. And as you go through those storms, as you go through those trials, be reminded you never go alone. God's always in your boat. He's always going with you. But the question again remains simply this, will you be the one to be strong and of a good courage? It's high time we awake out of our apathy. It's high time we quit saying the next man up for this ministry, the next person up. Friend, God has given us a chance to make an eternal difference in this generation. He's given us opportunities that nobody else may be given to reach lost souls with the gospel. Are we going to be strong and of a good courage? Or are we going to let this time go by and get to the end of all this and think, I wish I'd have given him more? You read at the end of Joshua, you find that Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He finished well because he determined, I'm going to be strong and of a good courage. God wants to do the same with us. Father, as we conclude this time of your word, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Lord, I know it wasn't too much on the gospel tonight, but I do pray once again that if there is somebody here in this crowd that does not know thee as Savior, maybe your Holy Spirit has been pricking their heart for some time. I pray that they would yield to thee. I pray for us as believers, and however you've spoken to us through your word, that we would Take this time to yield. That we would not just go on to the next thing and let the seed that has been sown just be plucked up. But rather we would allow thee to speak to our heart and allow you and your word to go deep within our souls. That would transform us. Our homes are crying out for somebody to stand up and do what is right. This church is looking for more people to be involved in your work. This community is looking for somebody that will show them the love of Christ. Help us be strong and of a good courage. In your name I ask these things. Amen. Pastor. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. And as the pianist begins to play, as God has spoken to your heart, a time of prayer and invitation is available. And uh, let me ask the first question as folks come and do you know the Lord? How many of you can say, Preacher, I'm saved? That's, that's a settled thing for me. That's your testimony. Would you raise your hand just between you and I and the Lord? Thank you. you may put your hand down. Is there anybody here tonight? Talk about being strong of good courage for the Lord, but you'd have to say, I, I really don't even know that I know him for sure. You say, Preacher, I'd like to take care of that tonight. Is there anybody like that? You'd say, Preacher, that's me. Let me ask you this then, Christian, just as the pianist plays, respond as God has spoken to your heart strong of good courage maybe it's a certain circumstance a certain call maybe it's something god has worked in your heart over the course of missions conference about and you've given way to fear over faith but as god has spoken to your heart do business with him and respond with courage